Welcome back to the David Pakman Show, my final day sitting in for David while he is away. Didn't mean for that to be Dr. Susie. It just, uh, sometimes it happens when you're <laughs> exhausted from trying to keep up the pace of David Pakman's uh, work schedule, which, by the way, off the charts. My hat is off. The hat I don't wear is off to, to David for the uh, uh, wild, wild amount of work that he puts in, not just in video creation, but also the live the streams that he does. It's just, it is bananas. So you should be very thankful for Mr. Pacman. Uh, listen, if it's not abundantly clear already that Donald Trump is not interested in democracy, in fact, he is a direct opponent of it, then you haven't been paying enough attention. Donald Trump is in it for himself, whether it be to protect himself from legal liability in several cases that have presented themselves uh, as a direct result of his criminality, uh, or just wanting power and to be able to, to glean as much money out of the presidency uh, as he can. And even if it means by force, even if it means inflaming the passions of already uh, violently uh, ready-to-go hordes of supporters. I don't think I need to, but I'm going to remind you of all, many, many, many of the violent uh, things that happened on the campaign trail in 2016. His either condoning or calling for violence directly. Remember these moments. I don't know if I'll do the fighting myself or if other people will. Maybe he should have been roughed up because it was absolutely disgusting what he was doing. If you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of him, would you? Seriously. I'd like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Try not to hurt him. If you do, I'll defend you in court. Don't worry about it. In the good old days, this doesn't happen because they used to treat them very, very rough. And when they protested once, you know, they would not do it again so easily. We've become weak. We've become weak. And you know what? The audience swung back. And I thought it was very, very appropriate. The audience hit back. And that's what we need a little bit more of now. Part of the problem and part of the reason it takes so long is nobody wants to hurt each other anymore, right? I don't know if I would have done well, but I would have been out there fighting, folks. I don't know if I would have done well, but I would have been boom, 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 I'll beat that. Do you plan on paying for the legal fees of this older gentleman in North Carolina who sucker punched the protester? From what I understand, he was sick, sticking a certain finger up in the air. And, 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 and that is a uh, terrible thing to do and in that, front of somebody that, frankly, wants to see America made great again. It's possible you could help him with legal fees if this man needs it. I've actually instructed my people to look into it, yes. And that is not even to mention the violence that took place on January 6th, where Trump incited, whipped his followers, his fan base, his, his loyal adherents into a frenzy to the point that they attacked the United States Capitol, our temple of democracy, some call it. People died. A deadly, failed coup attempt at the hands of Donald Trump. Which, by the way, he's being sued for by Congress, members of Congress right now, and uh, former and current police officers for violating the Ku Klux Klan Act.
We witnessed him uh, gas peaceful protesters a block away from the White House. Violence is order, it's, it's the order of the day for Donald Trump. And I think he realizes, and many Republicans realize, that his only path to power, it's certainly not through the popular vote, his only path to power is through violence or the threat of violence. And he wants to prepare his people for that eventuality. He wants to get them ready, primed for it. And it's, he's notching up. He's, he's taking it to the next level. He retruthed this, reposted this particular message on Truth Social to his millions of followers. Then they will have to figure out how to fight 80 million plus. It's not going to happen again. People my age and old will physically fight for him this time. What we got to lose, I'll donate the rest of my time here on this planet to do it. And I know many, many others who feel the same. They've got my six, and we are locked and loaded. Donald Trump retweeted, I mean, I say retweeted because Truth Social is just a carbon copy ripoff of Twitter. He retruthed it. He reposted this to his millions. This is a tacit endorsement of this idea. We are locked and loaded. We have our firearms, our weapons of war, locked and loaded, ready to go, and we will physically fight to ensure a second term for Donald Trump. And nothing's, it's, it's crickets, certainly crickets from Republicans. But is this not incitement to violence? Certain, listen, there is no absolute rights. People who call themselves free speech absolutists are dipshits. Because even Scalia, when he was alive, Antonin Scalia pushed back on absolutism with rights. The Second Amendment, for instance. You don't have an absolute right to any weapon that you'd like. There are limitations. There are limitations to free speech. And this has to be one of them. Adam Kinzinger, he tweeted this about it. He said, this is sick, sick, sick. Is it even legal to invite this kind of stuff? Um, and I, I would ask the same question. This is not cute. This is not Donald Trump just trying to get clicks. This is real. The same people who would, oh, this is, they would dismiss this, are the same people who dismissed that there was a, a, a legitimate domestic terrorist threat surrounding the insurrection, surrounding January 6th. And look what happened. We, we can no longer afford to ignore this. Government, federal officials, the Department of Justice, the FBI, whomever, please get off of your hands and do something. The fact that he is the ex-president of the United States makes it even more of an obligation on your part. Please. Are you tired of the same old off-the-shelf grocery store honey? Look no further than Manukora, our sponsor. 
The honey is made by bees that pollinate the native manuka trees in the remote forests of New Zealand. It gives it a unique, dark, rich, delicious flavor that you won't find in any other honey. It is 100% raw. If you look at it side by side with regular boring honey, you can see the difference. I've got my honeys next to each other on the counter and it looks very different. Manukora is also responsible and sustainable. All Manukora honey is harvested using traditional methods so you can enjoy your creamy caramel honey, knowing that the production was easy on the bees and on the planet. It's a perfect natural sweetener. I've been adding it to my tea and my toast, but because of the amazing complex flavor, I find myself using it in things I didn't even put honey in before, like oatmeal and yogurt and smoothies. I have to admit, my girlfriend once caught me tasting Manuka honey right off the spoon because it's that good. It really stands out from everyday honey. So don't settle for the ordinary honey when you can enjoy the unique, delicious flavor of Manukora. Go to Manukora.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman for a free pack of honey sticks. Very nostalgic to when I was a kid with your order, a $15 value. Taste the difference for yourself. That's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash Pacman. Promo code Pacman gets you a free pack of honey sticks. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp. Uh, Viewers of the show, listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10% off your first month. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash Pacman show. The link is in the podcast notes. You might remember that a few years ago, uh, the show got hacked and many thousands of dollars were stolen. We never got it back. It's a terrible feeling. It can happen to anyone. But a couple of years ago, we got aura, which really gives us significantly more peace of mind. And our sponsor aura is the app that protects you from scammers by alerting you anytime your info like email, passwords, social security number are found in data breaches. Aura also automatically requests removal of your info from search engines and it can reduce spam calls. Aura alerts you quickly about suspicious credit inquiries like if someone tries to take a loan out in your name and Aura's password manager makes it easy to keep your account secure to begin with. Aura also has parental controls for your kids device. You can restrict apps or manage screen time, set focus time, make sure they're doing homework instead of binging on YouTube. You can try Aura free for 14 days at Aura.com slash Pacman. Use the free trial to see 
if your email password are already out there, you may be surprised. That's a u r a dot com slash Pacman to try Aura free for 14 days. The link is in the podcast notes. Welcome back to the David Pacman show. I am Jesse Dollamore sitting in for David Pacman while he is away. My final day here with you. Listen, I talk a lot about Christian nationalism and the emerging threat, the under talked about and the underappreciated threat of white Christian nationalism in this country. It has been a decades long priority and objective to be met by these Christian nationalists to intertwine themselves into government in an effort to take over the government, to force their Christo-fascist views on the rest of us. Are you Jewish? That should concern you. Are you a nun? Uh, you, you don't have faith in whatever religion, tradi- religious tradition? It should concern you. Even if you're a Christian, it should concern you because the flavor of Christianity the doctrinal point of view will likely not be the one you share, and it will be imposed upon you. And there are many, I mean, we have several, dozens of members of Congress who are now avowed Christian nationalists who will jettison any adherence, any loyalty any solemn vow and oath they took to the Constitution, and bah, who cares? Because my flavor of Christianity will rule. It is a, a, a dominionism you should research. And I, I'm going to play this clip of this Jason Rapert, former Arkansas state legislator, uh, pastor, who is instructing his audience to that that we must take authority over the government do you think that america is going to be free with a bunch of drag queens running the place it is fear-mongering but it is a call to action this isn't passive ah well if you know if if we end up with the majority maybe we can do some good this is an active movement to overtake the government and rule Watch this clip from uh, Jason Rapert. We must take authority. God told us, said, go out there and be, be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over everything. Fill the earth, subdue it, to take authority. And friends, the reason the country is struggling the reason you've got $32 trillion in debt, no, no holds barred. The reason we come to brinksmanship over and over again on the national debt is because the Christians in America have failed to take authority, and now is the time to choose. Now is the time to stand. Now is the time to plan. Now is the time to fight. Now is the time to, to work together. To save the country. Look, do you think that America is going to be free with a bunch of drag queens running this place? No. Do you think America can remain free and strong with a bunch of Antifa nuts running around destroying property? No. 
And if you're tired of that stuff, then it's time to make a change. This is a nation of the people, by the people, and for the people. It was created for you to be in charge. A nation of the people, by the people, and for the people. So when we have politicians and elected officials that are corrupt, they need to be taken out, sent them to jail, send them to prison, just like I've seen some people do even while I was serving in the Arkansas legislature. When you see people like Joe Biden taking, taking advantage of position and enriching his family like he has done, it's time to take them out. Take them out. Remove them. Move them on. It's time to take authority. It's time to take authority over everything in the earth to make a difference. Of, for, and by the people. This country was made for you. And he's talking to his Christian audience. This country was built for them. They need to take it back and rule the country. That we have a struggling nation. We have a $32 trillion debt. Doesn't mention anything about 25% of that $32 trillion being Donald Trump's responsibility. Doesn't talk about uh, unpaid for tax cuts that led to that 25% share, that stake of our national debt. Talks about jailing Joe Biden for corruption, but ignores the rampant, flagrant corruption of Republicans. Because they're Christians. They are white Christians who also share in his dominionism and his outlook. Subdue the earth. Are we going to be a free country with drag queens running the place? Are we going to be a free country with Antifa, with anti-fascist activists out there? Are, are they taking away freedom? Are drag queens taking away your freedom? Do you feel less free today because drag queens read stories to children at libraries? Jason Rapert thinks so. It's dangerous. And it's not fringe. It's not fringe. This is, this is becoming more and more commonplace, more accepted by virtue of it becoming more commonplace. And it is something that not only we need to keep our eye on, but we need to be ready to combat it where it is. To prove that this White Christian nationalism isn't just a fringe element in America today. I want to play you this Steve Bannon clip where he has this, this ding-dong on. I mean, Steve Bannon is mainstream republicanism. And there's a melding of politics and religion in a way that we've not seen it yet before. Where they're blending religion and politics and conspiracy to try to tap in to that emotional, spiritual belief system of the base. And here is Steve Bannon talking with this gentleman <laughs> uh, about spiritual warfare. Again, I'm, I come from this religious tradition, evangelical white Christian nationalism, 
And uh, there's a, there's a there's a, a a scripture that's commonly repeated about we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. I was raised in a church that believes there's actual demonic and angel warfare invisibly taking a place all around you. That if you could see into the spirit world you'd be able to witness. It's like the movie Constantine or something. This is what I was taught. This is what I believed until I started reading books. And this is what Steve Bannon is peddling as a mainstream Republican with a large platform. Watch this clip. Are we in a spiritual war? 1,000%. Um, I, that, that's exactly why we're doing this. I think that, you know, it says in the Bible, you know, battle isn't against flesh and blood. And I can tell you, I come to DC quite often. And, uh, today we were worshiping actually on the rotunda floor inside of the Capitol. And you can feel it, man. It's like a real, it's a real battle. It's a real spiritual battle that we're in. And I think it's time to, when you say you can feel it, what do you mean by that? You can feel, I can feel that things have changed. I'm actually really optimistic. Um, Tell people that because they need to hear that. Yeah, I am. I am. I mean, we've been doing stuff. Listen, we had the, we've had the largest gathering uh, in the church in Washington, D.C. for the last three years in a row. We've had it on the National Mall. Um, and it's been, it's, it's been difficult, you know, the last two years, especially, um, not just the permitting and the process and jump through all the hoops, but spiritually it's, it's, you, you felt a lot of resistance. There's like an, there's like a a heaviness, there's a a weight, there's there's a heaviness in this town, but something happened with this whole regime change in the house. And I don't even know, I'm still like processing it, but today I was walking through the Capitol with my guitar, we were worshiping, we were singing, no one was stopping us, there was no red tape. It's definitely a, a new day here. You can feel it, we only got a couple of minutes, so I need people to, because I try to tell people this, there was there was like this heavy blanket, there was something yes. on top of this, there yes. was a spiritual force yeah. that was pressing things down. It's not all the way lifted, yeah. but you definitely you can definitely feel that there's an energy here that was not here before. Yeah, there's a crack. There's there's starting to be. I feel like we're coming into a season where it's like there's some light breaking through, you know, and it's enough to actually give a lot of hope. And um, you know, we've had we've been meeting with members today of Congress, with senators, and and everyone has this kind of expectation uh, about this. Unless you think that this is just a one-off, Steve Bannon needs to fill some airtime and create some content for the base, I submit to you this Newsmax interview, same day, likely within just a few minutes of this taking place, where Newsmax interviews some wingnut who's talking about Again, linking politics and spiritual warfare that ancient gods are now attacking the It is the same network that Republicans are, are, are all in a twist about AT&T no longer uh, distributing is airing this nonsense. Again, mainstreaming linking politics and spiritual warfare. Yeah, yes. 
what you know, even it's behind cancel culture, it's behind wokeism, it's behind what's happening to our politics, even Supreme Court decisions, even like the last three Supreme Court decisions that that linked up with marriage or sexuality, all of them took place on an exact same date linked to a pagan ancient calendar. Just a little while back, Chris, you know, the, the president had a gathering at the White House, um, basically, you know, to call the Respect for Marriage Act, supposedly, but it's basically striking down marriage as we know it. Um, and he lit up the, the White House in, in the colors of the rainbow. Well, there is one of these gods, I speak about the dark trinity, and that was in ancient times, it's back. One of them is called the Transformer. And this is a this is a, a, a god or a spirit from ancient times that actually said that it has the power, it's a she, has the power to turn a man into a woman, a woman into man. Blend the lines of gender, blend the lines of male and female. Well, it's happening right now. She actually had an ancient priesthood that dressed up with men dressing up as women. This is what is being championed by the government right now. It's championed on our children. She actually had some of her priests surgically transition. Well, this spirit is in our culture. And I'm just going to give you a quick taste because we hope, I'm sure we don't have time. But here's the thing. what She actually was the gods of, god of parades. So we have parades. She paraded men dressed up as women. We've got it back. She actually claimed one uh, time of the year for possession of the culture. And you know what the time was? June. So it's back also had one sign particular was the sign of the rainbow. So this is big, it's affecting all of us, and yes, it's affecting the culture, and as you said, it's happening in rapid, rapid progression, and, and it's accelerating, even to this day. So what that beard with the face stapled to it is talking about is linked to this kind of stuff. Spiritual warfare, because there's a statue and they're linking politics and the fight ahead. And I believe what they're attempting to do is really connect to the base and the conspiracy elements that surround this particular faith tradition. And it's being mainstreamed by Steve Bannon and Jason Rapert and whoever this knucklehead is. It's dangerous. You need to be paying attention to this because this is only gonna get worse before it gets better. More on this Christian nationalism, this bigotry run amok, and using the Bible to justify their bigotry. I played for you yesterday a clip of Pastor Andrew Brunson at the National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance, you know, where uh, Kevin McCarthy prayed over a bunch of Congress people who are literally crying and weeping for forgiveness about the evils of America. And there's a line in there that Brunson uses talking about a millstone, a scripture in the Bible, Matthew chapter 18, I think, where Jesus says something, well, I'm going to paraphrase, not much of a Jesus quoter, but get, you, <laughs> forgive me. It's something about that it's it's better if you cause a child to sin or fall away from, from following Jesus, it's better to have a millstone, a massive rock that would mill wheat tied around your neck and have you thrown to the bottom of the sea. Execution. That it's better for that to happen than for you to cause a child to stray from Christ. And Brunson used that line. And to prove 
more evidence, more points about Christian nationalism being dangerous and this spiritual warfare element and melding politics and religion, there's a congressman, a, a state legislator in Oklahoma who just uh, is introducing the Millstone Act. And I want to read about that. But first, I'll give you the refresher on Brunson and his prayer at the National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance. I believe that we are in danger of judgment as a nation, especially because we have become the primary corrupter of the world, and particularly of youth and children. Our government and corporations increasingly march under the rainbow flag. We bully weaker and poorer countries to come under that flag. Our universities train millions of foreign students who return to their countries with this ideology. Our social media and entertainment companies make it attractive. They promote, they normalize, celebrate immorality. And there's no escaping them as they blanket the world. There are godly mothers and fathers around the world who fear our influence. And sometimes when I'm in a foreign country, I want to fall on my knees and repent for what we are doing to these countries, to these people. Jesus said, woe to the ones, to the one who causes others to sin. And he underlines this especially in relation to the young. Whoever causes one of these little ones to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. He's low-key in a milk-toast way talking about execution. And again, you may think he's a fringe character. You might think he's a nobody you've never heard of. You might think he has no power other than influence of a congregation. But he influences people who do have a say. The congresspeople in that room who prayed with him and over him. And people like this legislator... In Oklahoma, David Bullard. I'm going to read a little bit from uh, Andrew Seidel wrote this piece talking about this, and I think it's poignant, and I hope that it will uh, illuminate some things for you if you are not quite on board with exactly how dangerous and present this threat is. Uh, The article here, Christian Nationalist Legislator Introduces Anti-Trans Millstone Act Suggesting Biblical Retribution. A Biblical Death Sentence in America in 2023. A legislator has proposed the Millstone Act, which he openly confesses, quote, was named in reference to Matthew 18, 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it is better for him to have a heavy millstone be hung around his neck and that he be drowned in the depths of the sea. America embraced the separation of church and state as a core fundamental value precisely to prevent religious despots from abusing government power to impose their personal religion on all of us. But Oklahoma State Senator David Bullard is a Christian nationalist out to make Oklahoma into a Christian state. Forged in the fires of Oklahoma State Senator David Bullard's violent Christian imagery, This bill is one of a horde of anti-trans bills sweeping our country. Bullard's bill purports to protect children while threatening medical professionals. It declares a state of emergency and bans gender-affirming care in the name of Bullard's God. As with other such bills, it dehumanizes and demonizes trans people. Unlike other bills, 
Bullard christened his with a biblical name that threatens, that promises, violence and death. Again, this is mainstreaming. And you may live in California or New York or Massachusetts or here in Washington, D.C. And you think, ah, I live in a liberal area. This will never happen. But there are hundreds of millions of Americans who live in red states who are under the thumb of despots just like this. If you think there are no Democrats in Oklahoma who will be under the thumb of this, you're wrong. If you don't think there's millions of Democrats in Texas where they will copy this, you're wrong. Christian nationalist politicians have almost nothing to offer their constituents other than the bitter sectarianism of Christian nationalism. The Republican takeover in Congress, which is focused on petty retribution, pointless and performative investigations, and possibly cratering the global economy, proves the point. Instead of doing good, such politicians seek to strip women and minorities of every protection, support, aid, assistance, and basic dignity, and then call themselves pro-life. They'll gladly enact policies that dramatically increase infant mortality and thrust millions of children into poverty while claiming to care about children's health. They fetishize their guns, mulishly clutching the instruments of the leading cause of death for America's children with an unrivaled passion. They rail against life-saving vaccines and masks and the scientific consensus behind them, while the COVID pandemic is also among the top 10 killers of our children. And then, brimming with arrogance and utterly lacking self-knowledge, they have the gall to propose legislation that amounts to a death threat against those who would harm children. Another line from the book of Matthew comes to mind. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye. Andrew Seidel. And if you think it's just fringe, it's just a state guy, he doesn't really have much influence or power over the rest of us, think again because Matt Walsh just yesterday, the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro's little bearded lapdog, called for the execution of doctors who provide gender-affirming care. Trump also says, uh, as he goes on to say, that, the, that he would direct the Department of Justice to investigate hospitals, pharmaceutical companies, uh, doctors, to find out if they've been involved in a cover-up of the horrific long-term side effects uh, and, uh, of gender transition drugs and surgeries. Now, the answer, of course, is that, yes, they have been covering those things up, as any genuine and thorough investigation will clearly show, which is why the next step under a Trump administration or any Republican administration should be to arrest the culprits, the um, hundreds and hundreds of them, if not thousands of them, and throw them in federal prison. Now, this can't be a matter of simple fines and financial penalties. I mean, that should be part of it. But uh, the only real recourse here, the only semblance of justice would be prison sentences, very long ones. Now, if it were up to me, we, you know, we'd go f further than that. As far as I'm concerned, mutilating and castrating children should be legally considered a capital crime, and it should earn the prescribed penalty for such crimes. But if we can't have that, then prison will have to suffice. 
This is where we are in America in 2023. So uh, I would assume there are many of you out there who are organizers, who are activists, who care about the direction that our country is taking. And this isn't just about budget battles. We are, this is not hyperbolic. We are in it for the fight for the soul of our nation. Are we a nation of equality and acceptance and diversity? Or are we a country of white Christian nationalism and oppression? That's the question. And are you ready? Because it's only going to get worse before it gets better. I'd love to have you subscribe to my YouTube channel, Dollamore Daily, here on YouTube. You can find my podcast anywhere podcasts are found. It's called I Doubt It with my lovely, talented, and scholarly co-host, Brittany Page. And of course, you can follow me on social media and you can tell me how wrong I am there. I am at Dollamore on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. One of our sponsors today is Zipix Nicotine Toothpicks. Zipix brings you a convenient alternative to smoking and vaping and the vape clouds, the ashtrays, the thing in your lip that people can see. I've seen that around. This is an easier and less messy way to curb the cravings and you can use Zipix just about anywhere. Zipix is available in six flavors with two or three milligrams strength. The nicotine and the flavor are long lasting and Zipix has helped countless people kick the bad habits and they are bad habits. Zipix toothpicks are FDA registered. Their customer service is second to none. It is one of the most cost effective alternatives Also, check out their B12 and caffeine toothpicks. See for yourself why so many people have switched to Zipix toothpicks. You can only get Zipix online. Go to ZipixToothpicks.com and get 10% off with the code PACMAN. That's Z-I-P-P-I-X Toothpicks.com. Promo code PACMAN saves you 10%. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is Fume. Fume is on a mission to accelerate humanity's breakup from the bad habits that consume far too many of us, including ones that harm our health. Fume is a natural diffusive device that uses plants and behavioral science to trade out your negative habit for a positive one. Fume is not a vape. It's a non-electronic device designed to transform your negative habits instead of pods filled with potentially harmful chemicals like a vape. Fume uses cores infused with plants like peppermint and cinnamon for delicious natural flavors. Fume's new version 2 model is snappy and tactile with an adjustable airflow dial and a magnetic end cap that's fun to fidget with. It's Fume's goal to make switching easy or even enjoyable. They have thousands of five-star reviews from people just like you who have successfully switched when other solutions didn't work. Head to tryfume.com and use the code PACMAN to get 10% off today when you get the Journey Pack, which comes with three unique flavors and the new version 2 Fume. That's T-R-Y-F-U-M.com. Code PACMAN saves you 10% on the Journey Pack. The info is in the podcast notes. Welcome back to the David Pakman Show. I am Jesse Dollamore filling in for my final day for David while he is away. 
Well, they didn't. House Republicans, with their new majority, voted Ilhan Omar off the Foreign Affairs Committee. Gleefully, they did it. They did it while putting Marjorie Taylor Greene back on committees. They did it while Lauren Boebert holds a spot on the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. They did it while Paul Gosar, an avowed white nationalist, also has committee here uh, assignments. And Democrats showed up in force to support Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. I'm gonna play three clips for you. One is Eric Swalwell, genius points. One is AOC who talks about the rampant and rank hypocrisy of Republicans who act like they're in it to, to curb anti-Semitism, which is nonsense because Kevin McCarthy j just tweeted this a few months ago. We cannot allow Soros and Steyer and Bloomberg to buy this election. Get out and vote Republican November 6th, MAGA, with a, a grainy picture of the Jewish George Soros. So it is not in good faith or believable or reputable in, in any way, shape, or form that this is about combating anti-Semitism in the Congress. So that, if that were the case, Paul Gosar would not have a job. Marjorie Taylor Greene would not have a job. And dare say, Kevin McCarthy would not have a job. Here's Eric Swalwell making some uh, salient points. Gentleman is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, when I heard that we're going to remove a member of this House from their committee for anti-Semitism, I raced down here because I thought, finally, Finally, in this chamber, there's going to be some accountability, some accountability from this conference that continues to allow its members to root for rioters, to show sympathy for the insurrection, a conference that harbors a wanted international criminal and has members who choose violence over voting every single day, finally. And so I thought, we're going to hold someone accountable for anti-Semitism. Surely it's the author of this tweet, Kanye Elon Trump. October 6th, written by Chairman Jim Jordan. October 8th, what does Kanye say? I'm going to declare DEFCON 3 on the Jews. So surely this tweet came down, right? Came down, was deleted. No. Two more months, it was kept up. Two more months. So don't come here looking at us for anti-Semitism. Look in your own damn mirror before you ever come over here. And I yield back. Where's he wrong? How is he wrong? Jim Jordan has his little special burner account that happens to be the House Republican Judiciary Committee Twitter account. Kanye, Elon, Trump. Whether trolling or not, they're promoting a, 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 a vile anti-Semite. AOC equally fired up. Someone who has been uh, threatened by anti-Semites in the house, not because of religion, but these vile actors, these bad actors within the Republican Party, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, who depicted her death, are still on highly sought after committees. Watch AOC. All right, the gentlewoman is recognized for one minute. Thank you. Now, 
as also as a fellow New Yorker, I think one of the things that we should talk about here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life and you all and the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology when my life was threatened. Thank you. And crickets from Republicans pushing forward to vote her off committees. And this is, this is racism. This is fear of other. This is anti-black is what this is. Anti-immigrant, anti-woman. As Ilhan Omar herself will explain, she got the last word in this before the vote. I guess she got the second to last word since Republicans did get the last word. I talked about this the other day that it was a, a foregone conclusion that this was going to happen. And now it has. But before it did, Ilhan Omar did get to speak. This debate today, it's about who gets to be an American. What opinions do we get to have, do we have to have to be counted as Americans? This is what this debate is about, Madam Speaker. There is this idea that you are a suspect if you are an immigrant, or if you are from certain parts of the world, or a certain skin tone, or a Muslim. It is no accident that members of the Republican Party accused the first black president, Barack Obama, of being a secret Muslim. It is no accident that former President Donald Trump led a birther movement that falsely claimed he was born in Kenya. Because to them, falsely labeling the first and only president of the United States of America, a Muslim and African immigrant, somehow made him less American. Well, I am Muslim. I am an immigrant, and interestingly, from Africa. Is anyone surprised that I am being targeted? Is anyone surprised that I am somehow deemed unworthy to speak about American foreign policy? Or that they see me as a powerful voice that needs to be silenced? Frankly, it is expected. Because when you push power, power pushes back. Representation matters. Continuing to expand our ideas of who is American and who can partake in the American experience, experiment, is a good thing. I am an American. An American who was sent here, an American who was sent here by her constituents 
to represent them in Congress, a refugee who survived the horrors of a civil war, someone who spent her childhood in a refugee camp. None of that matters to Republicans. Republicans who prattle on about the American dream and uh, quote Reagan about being a shining city on a hill. And yet they punish and ostracize and oppress a member of their own body because she's black, she's Muslim, and she's a, a former refugee who became a citizen who, who should to them embody the American dream if they weren't vile, pernicious hypocrites, that is. Let's talk a little bit more about Kevin McCarthy. The circus-like atmosphere that has been created uh, by the Republican Party uh, is, is something to behold. They're, they're, they're ushering in their power by him being peppered with questions constantly everywhere he goes, setting up little impromptu uh, uh, pressers, being asked questions. And he posted this. I guess in response to a question where he has his little canned response in order to create a soundbite. And he was so proud of this that he tweeted this along with a video. He tweeted, 100 Democrats just refused to denounce socialism. That's scary. And it explains a lot about why Congress has been spending so much these last four years. These last four years, odd, because Donald Trump was president in part of that last four years. And in order for Congress to spend any money, again, Republicans, if you're watching, let me educate you on how a bill is made. In order for an appropriations bill to get to the president's desk for signature, it must originate in the House of Representatives. And then it must make its way through the Senate and then on to the president's desk, in this case, your dear leader, Pumpkinhead Donald Trump, who signed it with his Sharpie. So you can't blame this on Democrats. These budgets were approved of by a Republican president. And as far as socialism being scary, what would you have us do, Kevin McCarthy? Are we going to dispense with social security? Are we going to find another way to fund our public schools? Or are children, millions of children just to be left to fend for themselves and educate themselves? I mean, that, that sounds like a Republican paradise, uh, a, a substandard education for children, so they're not able to think and reason and make rational decisions when they become adults when it's time to vote for someone. Here's Kevin McCarthy. Uh, if I had to watch it, you've got to watch it. <laughs> Here's the video that was appended to this particular tweet. A couple interesting things happen on the floor right now. You had almost, if you combine the number of Democrats who voted no and voted present, there's 100 Democrats that won't stand up against socialism. That's a real concern to me in America today. It's not just... That wasn't a college vote on a college campus. That was a vote in the U.S. Congress that 100 Democrats couldn't say socialism was wrong. 
That's a scary point of view, but you also understand why we're in a spending problem that they are when they were in the majority. That's why you understand the challenges that we have here. So proud of that particular piece of audio and video that he slapped his logo on it. It's watermarked as his own, and he tweeted it out, proudly tweeted that out. What is scary about socialism? Do you think that uh, Scandinavia is a, is, a, is, a, is a hellscape? They can't pay their bills? Are people not free there? Socialism, if you listen to a Republican, is chaotic states like Venezuela. It's not the, the prosperous states all across the world who have some semblance of socialism somewhere in their, in their system. Much like the United States with Social Security. I mean, it sounds like Kevin McCarthy wants some kind of uh, dystopic libertarian hellscape. Where you're on your own. You get hurt. You, you get disabled. You lose your job. Ah, sorry. You're on your own. You have children. You want them educated. You're on your own. You retire and you want to live out your golden years with some safety net, ha, you should have invested more wisely. If you're poor, you can't work, you can't find a job, you're on your own. All of that is answered by some level of socialism. It's not a bad word that Republicans would have you believe. It's just... It's gross, and, and, for, and, and for Kevin McCarthy's part of it, it's just dumb. Because rational, reasonable per people across the country aren't falling for this. The unfortunate thing is that millions and millions and millions of Republicans, Fox News watchers, Newsmax watchers, OAN viewers, they are falling for it. They think it's self-evident that socialism is scary. Come on. Also, come on. I'd love to see you subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search my name, Jesse Dollimore. Uh, I am also on social media, at Dollimore there. A lot of Dollimore action related to me, oddly enough. And I also host a podcast that doesn't have Dollimore in the title. It's called I Doubt It. It's co-hosted with me and my lovely, talented, and scholarly co-host, Brittany Page. And we'd love to see you there. Did you know that half of Americans are deficient in vitamin A, vitamin C and magnesium? Most Americans are deficient in vitamin D. I take vitamin D during the winter. It is sometimes difficult to eat exactly the right amount of each food to get exactly what you need. I just make my life simpler with AG1 by Athletic Greens in the morning. One scoop of AG1. I get the entire day's worth of 75 high quality vitamins, minerals and whole food sourced ingredients. It's what I want. It's no more. It's no less. It's not making any outlandish claims. It's just an easy, sustainable routine. I've tried different ways of taking vitamins. AG one is cheaper. It's quicker. It's tastier. I'm not fumbling around with different capsules. It tastes great to drink straight with water. 
Sometimes I'll put it in a smoothie or shake. It's simple. It's something easy you can do going into the new year, staying properly nourished. Athletic Greens is giving my audience a free year supply of vitamin D. I take that every day in winter. Plus, you'll get five free travel packs of AG1. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. That's athletic G R E E N S dot com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Welcome back to the David Pacman Show. I am once again, and maybe for the last time in quite a while, Jesse Dollamore sitting in for David Pacman while he is out, hopefully resting and relaxing and having a good time with the family. I don't know how many times I've said this, and it gets a little old having to say it all the time, but Republicans are uh, projection artists. They point the finger and make accusations about things that they themselves are guilty of, especially related to voter fraud and election fraud. How many times have they, they saber-rattled and freaked out about the widespread issue of voter fraud? And then when you hear about cases of individual voter fraud that happen, it's always a Republican or uh, some husband who votes for his dead wife or some politician whose wife is voting for him multiple times just over and over and over and over again, they out themselves as guilty of the same thing they're accusing everyone else of. And this is really just a, ah, it's, this, is, this is salve for, uh, for my wounds. This is, this is vitamin for me. Carrie Lake now likely committed a felony breaking election laws in Arizona by tweeting out a picture of voter signatures. This woman who's been making the rounds, like every other day it seems like she's at Mar-a-Lago, cozying up to Donald Trump, kissing the ass of Donald Trump, promoting him as this great savior. She's talked about herself as Donald Trump in a dress. Not far off. I'm going to read a little bit from this headline from this local Arizona NBC affiliate, uh, the, the, the title of which is, Looks Like a Felony. Elections expert says Carrie Lake may have gone too far by tweeting voter signatures. And then, <laughs> and then a little statement from OAN and uh, Trump lawyer Alina Haba, who is just about as, uh, I mean, look. If you're ever in a situation where you're in need of legal representation, please do not seek out someone as as unprofessional and uh, harebrained as Alina Haba for the ex-president of the United States of America to have this woman representing him on TV and in courtrooms is just crazy. So we'll start with the headline here. And the uh, a little bit from this article. Looks like a felony. Elections expert says Carrie Lake may have gone too far by tweeting voter signatures. For almost three months, Carrie Lake has refused to accept her defeat in the Arizona's governor race. But now Lake may have gone too far with a tweet. <laughs> Again, the parallels between she and Trump are just rich. That she's in trouble now because of a tweet. Arizona's top election officer, 
Democratic Secretary of State Adrian Fontes has asked Democratic Attorney General Chris Mays to investigate whether Lake broke the law by posting 16 voter signatures in an image she tweeted last week. Quote, Arizona statute is very clear about when and where a voter signature can be shared or replicated or reproduced or put online or used in social media, said Tammy Patrick, chief executive for programs at the National Association of Election Administrators and a former Maricopa County elections official. Quote, the answer to all of those things basically is never and not And it can't be, with very few exceptions. Patrick's opinion of the Lake tweet, When I read the law, it looks to me like that's a felony. Under Arizona law, quote, The records containing a voter signature shall not be accessible or reproduced by any person other than the voter. A violation of the law is a class 6 felony that could carry jail time. And then... Statement from the Secretary of State here, it is my responsibility to protect Arizona voters, Fontes said in the statement. In keeping with my duties, I have referred this matter to the Attorney General. And then here, as promised, just uh, just uh, put, just in, get it right into your veins, <laughs> Alina Haba, Donald Trump's attorney, making a, an appearance on OAN and just giving her, her legal opinion about the matter. Lake included a graphic with 16 voter signatures on the tweet. Fontes cited an Arizona statute saying that voter signatures, quote, shall not be accessible or reproduced by any person other than the voter. Bob dismissed the letter, labeling it as an intimidation tactic. I think this is a drastic attempt on the part of Democrats who have forced their way into office against the will of many voters who have very serious concerns about the election in Arizona. And I think this is an intimidation uh, technique. You would think that they would do a simple cease and desist letter to Carrie Lake's team saying, hey, can you please take that down off of social media? We're concerned about privacy rights. But they went straight to requesting the newly installed Democrat attorney general to look into criminal charges against Carrie Lake or her, her social media team for this. I mean, Talk about escalating something extraordinarily quickly. So one, that's not Alina Haba, that's Christina Bob. That's another Trump lawyer. Two, <laughs> she's asking for a cease and desist. Why didn't they just say, hey, stop felony, quit quit committing felonies, stop the, the felonious activity and uh, you'll be okay. You already tweeted it. You already put it out there. There have already been screenshots and retweets and all the shares that take place. You committed the felony. You don't get a take back. You don't get a redo when it's a class six felony that carries with it possible jail time. But leave it to a Trump lawyer <laughs> to make excuses for someone in power. It, it is just... Uh, One more case of Republican projection, one more case of Republican disregard for the law, all while uh, attempting to act like they are the party of law and order and Blue Lives Matter and back the blue and, you know, just follow the law. It's all a bit much. Listen, I want to say thank you for joining me this week uh, while I sub for David. It has been a good time getting to uh, interact with some of you in the comments, and uh, I appreciate you very much. If you would like to stick with me, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Jesse Dollamore, 
or find me on social media. I am at Dollamore just about everywhere. You can also check out my twice weekly weekly podcast called I Doubt It, uh, co-hosted by myself and the lovely, talented, and scholarly Brittany Page. We'd love to see you there.